0: Welcome to Education Beyond the Classroom, where you will be empowered, engaged, and educated. We have a wonderful guest here today, Ms. Jeanette Jordy, and I'd like to introduce you to her. She's from Global Inspiration.
1: Thank you very much, Allison. Before we we'll proceed to the main interview, I would like to express my gratitude for inviting me to your show, wonderful show, Education Beyond the
0: Classroom. Well, thank you, Jeanette, for being here. So we appreciate your time. And you know what, viewers, we appreciate your time as well. So Jeanette, what I'd like you to do is share a little bit about your life in the Philippines and then your journey to America.
1: I am the only, not the only, I am the oldest daughter. I have one brother and one sister, but my mom adopted one nephew and one niece. My mother was a master teacher and my father was a banker. Maybe you're thinking, oh, your mother is a master teacher and your father is a banker. Maybe you are not really that poor. We are. Because when I was in high school, going to college, my father actually abandoned the family. So it's just my mother with five kids Mm -hmm. and a master teacher and 80% of her salary goes to the mortgage of the house. So there are times that we need to skip meals and just go to bed because we have nothing to eat. But my mother is so understanding, so hard worker, so determined to have us finish college. So after graduation in high school, I went to college as a scholar and then I took my um, law degree Mm -hmm. and also my MBA. I work with the Supreme Court of the Philippines and also teach college. But the adventurous Jeanette and the curious Jeanette was thinking, because I work for Supreme Court, like what's the life behind or outside of the government service? So it brought me to an investment and finance industry, and that's where I met my first husband. An American and yeah, and that is the reason why I moved from the Philippines to America. And I give myself a pat on the shoulder for my families and family support and my friends who are always there, regardless of what happened in life, regardless of how poor we were before.
0: You know, and thank you so much for sharing that. And it kind of makes us reevaluate that, um, you know what, here in America, um, we do, we are very, very fortunate and blessed. And Regardless, you know what? Jeanette, um, you had a challenging upbringing, but you persisted and you kept going. So you got married, you came over here with your husband in 2001. 2001. Tell us about, I know I had said before, some of the challenges, but you flipped it around with something that was great. Tell us about those challenges.
1: So this is a positive challenges. These are positive challenges, they are not negative ones. I would say coming from a tropical country, enjoying the humidity in the weather, 70 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit every day to a very cold Iowa and Wisconsin, (laughs) with below zero during winter time. That was my great, I was—I would not say ne- uh, positive, <laughs> negative challenge. It took me until now, 21 years ago, until now I am still you know, like
0: dreading. Trying to acclimate to our yes. weather, right? Uh,
1: dread, uh, <laughs> the cold. The winter. And I also uh, would like to share with the viewers regarding the food. I love to eat rice three times a day. Yes, yes. I'm not a potato or a bread person, but I love to eat rice, and I love my vegetables with a of soup. Oh. So I have to look for Asian stores to get the food that I want, and I am also a seafood person. So, weather, food, and clothing. So, I came here December 2020, 2020, that was my first visit here. That's when I got married. But, when I came back, I saw a lot of people in the mall wearing shorts and tank top. I was like, what are they doing? We can't do that in the Philippines. But after 21 years, here I am going shopping in shorts and wearing tank tops because Philippines is a conservative country, Okay. so okay. there's a difference on the way we dress ourselves, but not anymore. No, no, no changes. So, time. In America, when you say 10 o'clock, 9.45, your guest is already there. 9.50 or 9.55, your guest is already there. In the Philippines, your guest will be there 10.30 or 11 o'clock. So oh. I would say that you respect the time of your friends, of your family members because when you say 10, you are actually there at 10 o'clock. Another one is about job. I am not saying that there's no nepotism in America. There is, in a subtle way. Yes, yes. So when, they don't care if you, got, if you graduated college of law, if you graduated MBA, you are not a graduate from the Philippines. So when my previous employer offered all employees 100% if you go back to school. So I went back oh. to school. I now have four designations after my name. I got my CSRP, or this uh, Certified Subrogation Recovery Professional. And I was the only one in Wisconsin who passed it before during my time.
0: Oh, wow. It was a big, whoa. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yes, that's awesome. Yes. That's fantastic.
1: I have to read the question twice or three times, because uh, English is not my primary language. So I got now a CSRP associate in claims, I have associate in customer service, and associate in insurance service.
0: Oh, fantastic. And the thing
1: is language. Yes. I learned how to speak English when I was three years old, because when you were a baby, people ask you in English, what's your name? How old are you? Where's your mom or dad? So oh, I know how okay. to speak English. But there are terminologies that I am not familiar with. So when I was teaching college here in America, I told my students, submit your project two weeks from today, and my students were like, "You mean turn them in?" So turning in and submit are the same. I was also in trouble when I was still um, in Iowa. Okay. Because my office mate said, "Oh, I like your top, Jeanette It looks good on you." <laughs> I love your top, but I said I love your bottom too. Oh, oh no! What? you cannot to say that? You cannot say that. Yes. So- Yes. So it, it does. there are a lot of things that are funny, right. not really, but it's a learning process. So those are the things that I transitioned with wonderfully.
0: <laughs> and you did, you did, and I like how she said, you know, you, you turned the challenges into positive as you transitioned to America, and I love learning about the Philippines, and I didn't know that over there. Like they're asking you at three years old in English, your name. So different cultures. So we're going to lead into something a little bit different with your global inspiration. She started this wonderful nonprofit organization. And here she has all these degrees in America. What sparked you to say, hey, you know what, let's add this and I'm going to do a nonprofit organization.
1: That is a very interesting question, Allison. because when I moved to America, it was my dream of mine to have a foundation, to have a nonprofit organization. Because when I was still a kid, I know I helped a lot of people, and the only challenge was because we were poor, I could not go to a lot of volunteering events because mm-hmm. I don't have fair. In college, I used to help a lot of kids, catechism, Um, they don't have sleepers, they don't have clothes, but Mm -hmm. they are there to listen to us. So Mm -hmm. deep in me, it's there. It gives me joy to do volunteering. But I had three kids when I was in Iowa. So it was put in the back burner. Again, in 2007, when I moved to Wisconsin, that that is the time when I spread my wings. Mm -hmm. That is when I gave myself... I have this I have the skills. I don't I have the passion. I don't have the skills. So I joined nonprofit organizations, a lot of volunteering gigs. I am a member of Zonta International. I am a member of Domestic Abuse. I am a volunteer Domestic Abuse Intervention Services, American Red Cross, Kiwanis, and a lot of other nonprofit organizations. And it molded me to be a stronger leader. Mm-hmm. Because before if I heard people comments, it you know I am affected but now I don't care I I want to serve a lot of people I want to serve a lot of people so fast forward in 2019 I received the Hall of Fame award I was the only recipient in the whole Wisconsin and this was not in Midwest this is the whole America and I received an excellence in community service national and again my my dream of having my own foundation, having my own nonprofit organization crossed my mind, but I had a stroke in 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, move in the back corner, in the back burner. 2020, COVID was upon us. Yes, Pandemic yes. Is upon us. And you know, people are advised to work from home. People talk negative on TV. You turn on the radio, it's all negative. You talk to your husband, to your wife, they're all negative. You talk, your, you talk to your family members, they're all negative. And I told my husband, I want people to know that life is not really that negative. We have mm-hmm. to be thankful that, Absolutely. We, that we are alive. So I, my husband and I discussing about it. How can I use my skills and my talents to inject something positive in the community? it took maybe two weeks for us discussing about Mm -hmm. it and then supporting me if we have to spend my own money and then we decided because i am i am a Toastmaster member i know how to speak in public i have confidence in talking in before public and then the podcast of global inspiration was um, created in july of 2020.
0: okay my
1: friend maybe in August, volunteered to be one of my co-hosts. Okay. Because her husband was also an engineer on TV and an editor. And after a month, people from Chicago, very overwhelming, overwhelming feedback. Then I, was, I received a call from Chicago if I am interested that my video will appear on TV in Chicago. And so in 2021, 20, November, I gathered my friends, and then I discussed about having a nonprofit organization, and they love the vision, they love the mission. Mm-hmm. So global inspiration was approved as a nonprofit in November 2021, but it was on February 2022 that we were approved as a 501c3. So basically, global inspiration is only six months
0: so it's new. It's just, it's just a baby. It's just in the beginning yes. stages, yes. but you started that all from a passion when you were younger in volunteering and having so much joy Correct. in serving other people and then uh, doing the 501c3 nonprofit organization. Tell us real quick about when you spell inspiration, yes. it is not spelled with an I, you guys, what, what do you do? <laughs> So
1: global inspiration, instead of an I, we had one. Why one? Because we are all one, regardless of your religion, regardless of your race, regardless of your age, your sexual preferences, or physical challenges, we are all one. So it took two, maybe 10 or 15 minutes because I love the word global inspiration. Mm -hmm. I told my hobby, I want people to remember global inspiration, not just your typical global inspiration. So we drove, and then for 10 minutes, he said, like, why don't you change the I to one? Oh, so I asked him, that was his idea. Yeah, was all right. Ideas. All right. Why? And then he told me the reason. I was just, I was sold right away. I told the board members about the one, and then they said, oh, my gosh, that's perfect. So it's global inspiration
0: with a one. With a one, because we all are one. I right. absolutely love that. So, um We've we've gotten the background, so we're digging in, and we're going to head forward and move forward with human trafficking. And I know we connected because of the human trafficking. You have a passion for anti-human trafficking. You have a sister um, nonprofit organization in the Philippines. So, can you tell us a little bit about the trafficking that happens in the Philippines? Why do you have such a strong passion about it? And, you know, the types there. What yeah. what goes on in the yeah. Philippines?
1: That is a very interesting question, Alison, because human trafficking is not a forte of mine, initially. I've heard about human trafficking, but it is on the high level. I know kids and women and men are trafficked. That's all I know. But when I was asked and requested by the founder and president of Regeneration International, Regeneration International is a 501c3 mm-hmm. It's a non-profit organization now based in Philippines. So it's America, Madison, Wisconsin, and Philippines. So I researched a lot about human trafficking in the Philippines. When I was doing my research, Alison, like, oh my gosh, it is so disheartening to know. I was so, oh my God, depressed to know the numbers. Uh Uh Because Philippines is the largest One of the largest sources of OSEC, OSEC, or the online sexual exploitation of children.
0: Oh my goodness. And as reported,
1: 784,000 victims as of 2022, but 784,000 are those that are reported. How about those? Survivors that are scared or
0: absolutely, they do not come forward because they feel shame. Shameful. They're shame embarrassed. Embarrassed. They
1: embarrass the judgment of the society, the judgment of the school, the judgment mm-hmm. of the friends, the family. So, but out of seven hundred eighty-four thousand, this is based on my research, sixty thousand to one hundred thousand are children. Mm children, male and female. Out of 60,000 to 100,000, 50,000 are on domestic, children on domestic uh, labor or domestic workers. And out of 50,000, 5,000 are below 15 years old. It is so rampant, both labor and sex on...
0: So both are in... Yes. And I think, oh, thank you for sharing that. And it is, it's disturbing. It is is absolutely disturbing. Yeah. And I know um, America is also, we are, um, America is one of the top consumers of human trafficking. And I think Jeanette and I are both on a um, mission to, you know, we're going to, Not necessarily, it's really hard to end it, but raise that awareness and make sure more and more people understand what's going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. So I know you had said, you know, a lot of kids are under 15 that are forced into the forced labor situation. So talking about that, you had interviewed a survivor. Jeanette interviewed a survivor of human trafficking. Her name is Ruby. So Jeanette's gonna share that story Right now, about Ruby.
1: I had interviewed Ruby, and Ruby is a survivor of uh, online sexual gig or mm-hmm. gig. She was interviewed all over the world. She is not only known in the Philippines, but every time TV and newspaper would interview her, we have to cover her face to protect her yes, identity. Yes. Yes. Yep. So. The story of Ruby was, she's very strong. She was only 15 years old. She graduated high school and she was looking for a job. She was looking for a job to help her family and to support her to go to college. In social media, Facebook, there was this woman who introduced herself. They are friends on Facebook and then they were talking. And Ruby got comfortable talking to this woman. This woman offered a job to Ruby. Mm-hmm. Flexible hours, mm-hmm. free food. And Ruby was just like, whoa, a computer shop. You know, flexible time and everything. But Ruby doesn't have any money for fare. Right. This, mon- this woman sent Ruby money. So from Visayas, Ruby traveled by bus to go to Papanga. Okay. So she was expecting a computer shop. But when she gets there, to a tour to the house, a big house, she saw women, young women, half naked. And then she said, this is not the job I want to be mm-mm, in. Mm-mm. And then if you don't want, you can still go back to where you came from. You can go back to your province. But you have to pay us back for the fare and the food that we sent you. And Ruby doesn't have any money.
0: Nope.
1: So she was forced to be, to stay in that house, confiscated her cell phone and all communication outside of that house will be through this syndicate, the
0: organized crime.
1: So, I am not sure how graphic you
0: want me to And you know what? I am this is a warning that I'm going to put out at this point you guys and I know I've done it in my previous episodes. She is going to get graphic because if you aren't going to learn it here, I don't know where you're going to learn this about human trafficking. So you need to know details because you know, I don't want to say scared, but aware. You have got to have that arsenal of awareness and understand what's going on. So she's going to get a little graphic with this.
1: So when I interviewed Ruby when she was, so she's a victim and she was 15 years old. She's now 25 years old and she planned to take law and Mm -hmm. be an advocate of anti-human trafficking. So going back to Ruby's experience, she had clients. All over the world and she was surprised that there are also Filipinos who wants to pay her to remove her clothes, show her breast, show her vagina, and there are int- so when I asked Ruby, what are the clients ask you to do?" So her reply was, "I have done a lot of acts of lasciviousness but ever." Whatever whatever you imagine it to be. So it means they are they are requested to put something in their private parts and it depends on what the client would pay. The smaller you put in your vagina, the smaller the fee. But the bigger you put something in your vagina, the higher the fee. So it's
0: you we know. know you think? I was, yes. yeah, I thank yeah, thank you I and the, oh, thank you eyed. to Ruby for yes, sharing that I was very story. Interviewing her, oh like, yeah, yeah,
1: because you cannot tell
0: listening no to
1: her story.
0: And and uh, thanks for sharing that. And we're very thankful for people like Ruby, who she comes forward as a survivor and a victim. Yes. And you guys, in a different episode, I will be sharing the plethora of nonprofit organizations that are out there that I'm sure Ruby went to. I don't know which organization. But she was taken care of. And I know the Philippines and the United States, even though we're the highest consumers, we are the ones that we will take care of our victims and our survivors. But we have to stop before they even get to that stage. So on that point, can you tell us about what we should do if we see someone who we think, you know, we're suspicious or there might be a human trafficking incident Occurring Because I'm sure Ruby, she got out of there. She was understanding she's not in this yeah. right. Um, this is not how a person should live. That is not how a person should live. So what should we do, our viewers, do to make sure yeah. that we take yeah. care of someone yeah. or you know, we're aware yeah. of it?
1: Before I will proceed to answer your question, I want the viewers to know that Ruby... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. that Ruby was saved by International Justice Mission and the okay. Raid okay. by the police department. And she was suffering on how to get rid of that feelings inside, you know, the trauma. Yes. But she testified in court and she's a very brave wo- woman, very articulate. So in answering your question, I do not blame the survivors or the victims to be coming mm-hmm. out because they are embarrassed they are they are scared of their life uh, of their own life the life of their family so I recommend highly recommend if you suspect your classmates your friends or your family members to be a victim of human trafficking and when we say human trafficking there should be force there should be fraud or coercion if this three any of the three exist you can call that human trafficking hotline number, which is one eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. 373 And because of technology, the advancement of technology, yes. they you can now also text, correct? Yes. 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 So you can text to 233-733. Again, text 233-733. Thank you. So, and I will add. Yes, yes. yes. So, that is the hotline, human trafficking hotline. Mm -hmm. And if you're not comfortable calling the hotline, you can call the police, the non emergency police. You talk to the police.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And if you're not comfortable talking to the police or calling the hotline, the human trafficking hotline, talk to your teachers, Mm -hmm. talk to your friends, talk to your family members, talk to a human. Trafficking advocate. Oh, Allison.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about this before, and I said, Yeah, because I had an incident where some kids actually did call me because one of the biggest signs, you guys, and I know I went over this in one of the episodes, is if a person doesn't make eye contact and they're just like this and they are making eye contact, they are not communicating, they're not talking on their own accord, that's going to be a suspicious human correct, trafficking correct. incident. Yes so you know what the power of one is better than none so if you see something please you guys say something and we're hoping that we're giving you enough information so you can reach out and we'll also share some information up above so you can actually reach out to us if you have questions beyond this so Jeanette I appreciate you so much today, your time. And I'm going to give a shout out to our wonderful um, recorders right now. A couple of them are doing their homework. Thank God, Jetta and Oliver are doing their homework right now. And then Tim, um, Jeanette's husband is recording right now. So we appreciate you guys taking the time to help us out. But before we close out, um, Jeanette is going to share three takeaways, three takeaways for our viewers that, you know what, something that sticks out, you say, hey, you got to remember this. So go ahead, honey.
1: So I have mentioned this before, that no judgment, because we, you do not know what others are going through, but as I have said before, we are all one, regardless of
0: mm-hmm. race, race,
1: regardless of age, regardless of religion, no judgment, just we are all one. Always think we are all one, whether you're men, women, or children, we're all one. Second is be kind. People are thinking, oh, I can be kind, but I don't have money. No, it's not about money. Mm -hmm. It is about time. Time is immeasurable. If If someone needs your assistance, needs your help, gladly do it. It has nothing to do with money. And the third is, regardless of who you are, Regardless of whether you finish high school, elementary, college, whether you have money or not, be heard. You don't have to Mm -hmm. express yourself verbally. You can express yourself through writing, through emotions. But bear in mind that as a human being, you need to be seen, you need to be heard, and be an inspiration to the world.
0: Oh, thank you, Jeanette. That was a wonderful ending. And I'm going to close out with this real quick. Make sure you know what you guys go ahead and subscribe. And we're going to be sharing this on Global Inspiration, YouTube, Education Beyond the Classroom, YouTube, and then Education Beyond the Classroom podcast. So um, make sure you guys take care of yourselves.